interesting folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family. Bring your friends. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. And mom or pop, go with the kids when they leave the car. We hope you have a wonderful time. Come back soon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dead of Starlight Drive-In. And as usual, Carl here. Carl, who was that guy that used to like to come to the drive-in dressed in a uh, old house dress? Was that Jake? Uh, I think so. I'm, I'm not sure there were so many that I saw like that. Yeah. <laughs> not. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so and I think that's the first time I ever heard it called a refreshment center. I always called it a snack bar. Well, you could tell it's the 50s because they say come and have a gay old time. Oh, absolutely. You know, we should, we should do, uh, uh, let's see, um, uh, longtime companions and uh, all those films for a gay old time. Anyway, that's not what we're doing tonight. No, actually, we do the the Pink Angels just cut out the last five minutes or two minutes. Yep. I forget how close to the bullet it gets. But, yeah, we're here tonight as usual. We got trailers and this. And this movie is, tonight's movie, as a little set up before we set it up, is a love note. To a studio done by the studio, by two assholes who had done nothing. Well, well, as we said before, one director had made fifty mo- fifty tiny movies before he made one big movie, and I think I may be lowballing it, right, Carl? Yeah, you might be. We might have some problems there. Hold on. My my computer just went completely. I'm going to try something. Well, since we're at the drive-in and computers don't fucking exist back then, yes, you have a fucking problem. And why? Mm-hmm. And you had to bring a goddamn fucking U-Haul truck just to get the motherfucker here, as big as they are back right now. I'm not kidding. We've got problems. It went blank on me, and I can't get anything up. And no, it's not by... Ah, hold on. I think we'll be okay. Okay, we're fine. Sorry. I don't know. That's never happened uh, before. For the record, Carl, the first time Carl said that I can't get nothing up happened back when he was in his uh, late 40s, close to 50s. No, actually, it was like 20s, but (laughs) no, never mind. (laughs) 
Can't get up in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I more, mean this. Sta- I mean, yeah, this started. Uh, by the time that the uh, 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 Joe Dante filmed this, he had already done maybe over fifty trailers at least for fucking Roger Corman, and Alan Arkish was his partner in crime. Mm-hmm. And we'll and get to it when the go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, and basically they made a bet with uh, Roger Corman. We won't say what the bet is yet. We'll we'll talk about that when we're in the film. And I just wish they could have kept the original title of this movie, but we'll get into that one there. But first, we're going to do trailers as usual, and I've gotten a lot of good feedback on the trailers, Carl. Which I actually like, because it is fun to be able just to burn through a lot of movies that may that may be worth talking about, but not worth watching the whole damn thing through. Exactly. And if and we do we, think it's worth watching, we'll let you know. Yeah, and we're on, well, this is the first time we're going to do a movie that we did a trailer of first. But yeah, That's now true. go to Drive-In Grindhouse movie trailers from 1960s, 70s, and 80s, number three, to 31 minutes and 30 seconds. Right, and, and, and this there, is on YouTube, of course. Yeah, and when you get there, we're going to start, oh, and tonight, usually I watch the trailers beforehand, and Carl goes in blind, and we're both going in blind tonight. Because I want to be as surprised as Carl is. Absolutely. So here we go in five, four, three, two, one. Hit play. And if you did it right, you're seeing nothing but blackness right now. Exactly. And I know what this movie is just from seeing those two. This is a good idea that they didn't pull off. That's wild in the streets, right, Carl? Yeah, that that's what this is. There's a I lot like of good ideas. Yeah, there's a lot of great ideas in this movie, but they don't pull it off worth the shit. The original ending of this movie was going to be after all of the over 30s are locked up in the concentration camp, Carl. Yep. The under 18s uh, decide that they're going to take over next. Yep. But that's not in the movie. In the movie, it just ends with uh, Shelly, Shelly, yeah, that's it, Shelly Winters. At the camp holding on to the fence. And who's that black guy in this movie? Did he ever amount to anything? Yeah, he certainly did. He certainly did. Uh, uh, He became, I think, a stand-up comic. Yeah. Was this one of his very, very, very first movies? I think it was his first role. And I think it was his first role, actually. This is another movie where we talk about, you know, 
movies are mean, but this one should have had a meaner edge to it. Now, in a lot of ways, this this reminds me of a film called Privilege by Peter Watkins. Yeah, that's the one I was trying to think of before the show. Privilege is the better version of this. And also much meaner and much more nasty. Things to come. Okay, that's a good song. Nothing can change the shape of things to come. Oh, it's it's got a great soundtrack. Got a yeah, great Ed Bagley, Shelley Winters, Christopher Jones. Yeah, this. How hopeful? I think uh, yeah, I think originally the monkeys were supposed to be cast in this, but for some reason they decided to go get some head. Yeah. Just remember, your father likes that too. Yeah, what's this? It's a rocket. The last of the deep space probe. Oh, the 80s version of Buck Rogers in the 24th century. The movie that got uh, pulled when they tried to show it at uh, my. Elementary school. Can you guess why, Carl? No, I don't know. Because of that credit scene that shows all them almost naked girls lounging on the credits. Okay. Because they had to do this PG somehow, because really this was like the first two episodes of the TV series edited into there. Oh, and speaking of badasses, there's the man. There's right the man. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Henry fucking Silva. And the first season where Henry Silva and her were the main villains is good of this series. But the second one on, it became formulaic crap, didn't it, Carl? No. Of course, you know, the best thing about this movie is it took from one of the greatest cartoons in the world, Duck Dodgers in the 25th and a half century. Well, and the Buck Rogers car and the Buck Rogers comic strips. Right. But I this say had one of the biggest problems of the forties uh forties one, which is we had a guy that's been asleep for maybe a hundred years and he can fly a fucking spaceship better than the people who have been flying it all their lives. And the one playing Tweaky is Felix Silva, the same person yep. who was a Munchkin. Oh, let's not forget he was uh, the Manitou too. 
Tutu. Hey, you found a way to use tutu in a sentence that didn't sound silly. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's better than wearing one, I'll tell you. Are we watching the movie trailer or just the first fucking five minutes of the fucking show? <laughs> we can always, like... No. This, this is what I hate they call... This. Yeah. But what? This goes another five minutes. Oh, God. I'm not joking. This is what they call a bad trailer. Where they would just, they did not know what the hell they were doing with this movie. This looks more like a TV promo or a promo you would see at a sci-fi convention. Yeah. Oh, they're kind of cute. You know, I could just take a nap right now. This is so boring. And you know this Tweaky's voice is nowhere in this fucking trailer so far. Nope. And that's the scene where he's fucking speaking. And what a con preview was is this is back when they realized that the sci-fi conventions were a great place promo or promote your uh, movie with a... Convention exclusive five minute preview. Yeah. Uh, there's ones for Blade Runner that's lost that uh, I have seen a copy of it go on eBay for like hundreds of dollars. Uh, one for John Carpenter's The Thing, which. Isn't that one on uh, the same Blu-ray? I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure. This is how I'm Carl. Never this is this is how Carl danced in the '60s. <laughs> not quite. Oh God. When did Carlos would fucking kill? Someone for having that music. You bastardized my my move, you bastard. <laughs> She's horny, <laughs> Carl. This is horrible. This She's is horny, horrible. Carl. What do you think? How horny is she? God. That's almost as bad as Kurt Cameron. See, still no tweaky voice. Shake your robot booty. (laughs) (laughs) This is basically a condensed version of the first two of the whole fucking movie. At least there's one nice thing about this trailer. What? After you watch it, you don't have to watch the fucking movie. (laughs) Well, we didn't have to watch the fucking trailer either. (laughs) Yeah, we do. All I can tell you is this. The movie we have chosen is a lot better than this. That's not saying much. Any movie that we could have chosen would be better than this. 
Almost. <laughs> Those are rip-offs of fucking Battlestar Galactica ships. Of course they are. Oh, yeah, Glenn Larson. Think... Bo- yeah, Glenn Larson produced this show, too. Right. And the original Battlestar Galactica is a lot better than this. Well, the original Battlestar Galactica was only like one season or two. Yeah, and then it came out with uh, Battlestar Galactica in 1980. Don't forget that either. Uh, why not? Why is the more question, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. why not forget it? That was that was even cheaper version of a cheap sci-fi show. Yep. Star Trek Four ripped the holy hell out of Battlestar Galactica 1980. Oh, yeah, it did. And I don't like Four, by the way. <laughs> but that's me. Well, it's, it's aged horribly. I didn't like it in 1984 see, when it came out. Hey, Carl, good news. I got some good news. What? We survived! Yes! God. You know what, Pete? Oh! Patty, the young man for girls who've had everything. Let's take an Irish guy and make him a stud, but give him a fucking insult for his name. Right, Carl? Right. His last name is Oak Furniture, by the way. (laughs) I love how dirty that was, but really, if you played it in the U.S. back then, they wouldn't understand what in the name of fuck he was saying. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> I should have worn me pants with the wooden. The only one what I really re- I don't know, but that's the guy that played through for Hawat and uh Pretty Jones. Remember he played two for Hawat and David Lynch's version yep. of Dune? Yep. This is your basic British sex comedy. Roll, roll, roll down the hill. Roll, roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It reminds me of that, of that stupid, of the, one of the best jokes of uh, Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Roll, roll, roll in the hay. Milo, that was fucking Milo O'Shea? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Milo O'Shea. So far, we've hit a bad streak tonight, man. Yes, we have. Hey, at least now we got an R-rated film.
Oh, God! Why are they promoting California Dreaming as a goddamned comedy? I remember this movie on HBO. It was depressing as fuck! <laughs> Am I right, Carl? I, to be honest, I don't remember this. Oh, that's Seymour Cassell. Uh, and what horror film was he in? Oh, he was in so many fucking movies. Yeah, I mean, this guy, I mean, he usually played the whiny psycho. Yeah. This is like a California version of uh, Paul Mazursky's film. If that sounds as awkward as it sounds, yes, it's supposed to. Yeah. Ugh. Thank you! Okay, this is Carl. Take it, Carl. Okay, you're watching The Landlord. Uh, This is Hal Hashby's first film. It is a wonderful, wonderful film about a rich man who takes over a ghetto uh, uh, house and is the landlord. It's really good. And it's not as mean as the uh, <laughs> horrible remake in the, in the, was it the late 80s or 90s they did that horrible remake of this with Joe Pesci? 90s. That was the 90s. Oh, and did you notice who that was? That was Robert Klein. It's very important to me. It's the most important thing I've ever done. I can't share it at home. It's very important. You have Leah. When were you gone? And by the way, that is Lee Grant, who actually won an Oscar nomination for this. I mean, she was nominated. She didn't win. Well, we're uh, insecticide. Pearl Bailey is in this too. Oh, uh, we got we got your your uh, bleeding. By the way, there's your Pearl Bailey. There's your blowjob joke. Yep. This is one that Carl always loved. Yeah, I actually saw this a couple years ago at a rep theater here in, in the city. Uh, I was just thrilled. Uh, she's great. Pearl Bailey. Oh, Diana Sands yeah, died just early. On that, just on that one shot of Lee Grant, dressed in the antebellum dress with all them little black kids. Now, I know. It's a brutal film. Really well done. And also written by Bill Gunn. Written by Bill Gunn, who did uh, uh, Gotcha and Hess. The trailer wouldn't tell you that it's mean, except for that one shot that's like, hey. <laughs> yeah. It's a, mean, it's a mean little film. Oh, God, no, Carl. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, kids, time to get get your guns out. <laughs> Seriously. Is this the wannabe uh, fire sign theater movie? Yes. Written by Phil Proctor. And it's not good. Well, the story behind the scenes on this, which we could have tell, which we could stop the film and talk for an hour just on the whole fucking mess behind the scenes. Oh, absolutely. God and it'd damn. be better than the fucking movie. Oh, yeah. They should do a movie about making this movie. And the Did music isn't the... really that good either. Did they rip the sets off of from Greaser's Palace? <laughs> no, I actually think this predates Greaser's. I think this is 70. Mm. Why is it every one of these fucking movies had Country Joe in the fucking fish? I don't know. I kind of like that, though. Quinn! Nice! Is that the pack Patricia Quinn? Yes, that is Patricia uh, awesome. Quinn. I would watch this just to see that little bit with uh, Patricia Quinn in it. Yeah. Ooh, the James Gang. I like the James Gang, actually. Yeah, I like James Gang better than that other group, that which we'll talk about later, that Joe Walsh was in. Oh, you're talking about the birds. Okay. No, not the yeah, birds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. That poster looks better than the movie. Yep. Come on. We've yeah, only got TV, one good. we got to have... That is 70. That, that predates. That predates. Not Carl. The tank's here. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Is this a caper film or a stupid war film? No, this is a caper film. Oh, God. Yeah, I know of this. I heard it's horrible. Why'd she get naked? Just so they can show boobs? I like him better when he was killing John Rambo. Yeah, 
This looks horrible. I've never seen this, so I can't say, but it doesn't look good. No. That's the problem with buying bulk trailer cops or trailers. You're guaranteed to get at least three or four. What the fuck is this shit? Yeah, really. Here's the dirty little secret that even Carl don't like to talk about. And this happened in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 00s. For every film that we loved, there were 10 forgettable, easily disposable pieces of shit that came out. And that's got Ralph Richardson, who I love. And he just fucking put... Do you agree with me that that's about a proper ratio, one to ten, one great? Oh God, no! <laughs> oh, I. Oh, which shit. one is it? This is move, isn't it? No. Yeah, this is the second time yeah, we've seen move, this. Right. Move. No, one of his better ones. That's not saying a lot. He didn't do that many great, great ones in the 70s. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I love him. He had a run with Altman that was unbelievable. But he was the 70s fuck you guy. If you wanted to say fuck you, you know, and have a, have a real... Uh, pissy movie about life, you had to have Elliot Gould in it. Yeah, Elliot Gould was in the watchable fuck you pissy movies. Richard Benjamin was in the unwatchable one. (laughs) Yes. Charles Grodin did both. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, they... this is a movie. Hey, yeah, she's horrible. Say, this is a movie with uh, Elliot Gould with a green packer. Yeah, move my ass away from watching this piece of shit. Not one of his better ones. Sorry, it's not. That's what I think about the movie. (laughs) No, that goes back to Zachariah, but let's not get into that. What the hell? Carl? Uh, What the fuck is this? One of those hippie Mondo films that came out during a real quick space between when hippie was big and Mondo's were still semi-popular. So probably 68, 69, 70. Something like that. 
this is so that the middle class white suburban kids and stuff could see all that naughty stuff that they seen on the news without having to really get in the, get down in the shit. Right. They would show the good side of it, but then they would have an authority figure show up and go, you know, this is very bad. It's bad. Oh, yeah. Have you tried shutting the fuck up? (laughs) (laughs) If you... I love it. They get these dumbasses. It's all of these people, not just this one. They would get some of the dumbest motherfuckers you know, and they would get there and try to say something profound. By the way, we should probably end at the end end of this particular one. Wait, let's see. Let me see the time. I got 8.34. 59. We got maybe one trailer after this because you remember the other one ended at 31. So we got to do okay. 30. Yeah, you know how they destroyed it? Yeah. Quick Silver Messenger Service. Steve Miller Band. Holy shit. I'd like to see that Steve Miller footage. Yeah. No, it's Dirty Feet. Dirty fucking hippies, get a job. Take a shower. Okay, we're at 101 right now. Yeah, wait. Let's see what this is. The Adventurers. Oh, God, yes, we can stop. We can stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, God. This is not going to be one of like, we're looking forward to doing the trailers next week. After just seeing the Adventures, <laughs> and we're going to have to watch that. I'm like, oh, God. Why, God, why? <laughs> Body. Oh, God, this movie sucks. These trailers tonight, I'm sorry, Carl. This was just turds in the basket. Okay, I'm there. Okay, so I had this, I had this situation. Okay, fine, we'll do it this way. Okay. Carl forgot his lube again tonight, folks. Sorry. Oh no, no. Remember my my uh uh my computer went crazy and then it Okay. Well maybe it knew what kind of trailers we were gonna watch, Carl. I I don't know, but but really okay, so now Hold on. 
Okay, so here we go. I got it. At, oh, oh, oh. Okay, and I'm ready to go now. Okay, and this is a lot. Well, let's get this. Get it started. Get go to Hollywood Boulevard, rent it, or get, if you got Shop Factory TV, just get it there, and. We're ready to start in five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. Miracle pictures. Miracle pictures. If it's a good picture, it's a miracle. (laughs) The original title of this was not Hollywood Boulevard. Arkish. And Dante's original title was Cheat. You know why, folks? Roger Corman looked to put his name above every fucking title of his movie, didn't it? Yep. So it's going to be Roger Corman's Cheat. And Roger Corman <laughs> seen that and went like, I'm not fucking cheap. Change the title. <laughs> so right now, I just want to think it. I, I, yeah, my honey is there. I love her forever and ever. And that would be Mary Warrenoff. And, of course, paired with Paul Bartel. And they had a very unusual relationship. And we'll leave it at that. And we got boobies. Already. We could have done it with models. So, more things. One of the things I should tell you is is that if you're watching this movie and you're watching Hollywood Boulevard and you don't know the New World pictures of the '70s, you're gonna miss a lot of the humor. And this is a tribute to a joke that never was from Death Race 2000. <laughs> That was how Mary Warnoff was supposed to die in Death Race 2000. Uh-huh. Of course, you will know Mary Warnoff as, yeah. as uh, Ogar uh, in Rock and Roll High School, Calamity Jane in, in uh, um, no, she wasn't Calamity Jane. Which one was she? In Death Race 2000. Yeah, Calamity Jane. She was Calamity Jane. And there's one of the unsung heroes of New World Pictures in the 70s right there. Candace Candace Rialton. Yeah. And this is pretty much close to the woodlot that that was uh, Roger Corman Studios. Yes, Jaws. Schwab's Pharmacy. Yeah. This is one of Dick's best roles. I love him in this role. Yeah, we know you love Dick. 
Absolutely. And, and John, John, Jonathan Kaplan, who became a uh, director. And there's some of my favorite guys in the movie. Commander Coda, Commander Cody, and the Lost Planet Airman. Oh, do you know whose studio door that was? That is? No. The one and only Friedman International Pictures. <laughs> So yes, there was a love note to uh you see Dave Friedman, Friedman uh what's his name who did uh the child and all that produced that all had like their offices all together. Frank Goddard. Now, Joe Dante and Alan Arkish directed this movie. And the reason they directed it is they went to Roger Corman and made him a bet that they could do a film for under $10,000. But they would have to use footage from all his films, and that's what they do. Uh, Dick Miller is playing Walter Paisley. Can you tell us who Walter Paisley is, please? Steven? <laughs> yeah, we change everything. I was just looking at the posters. In case you're wondering, that is Roger Corman's office right there with all the pictures yeah. and stuff from his movies. So who's Walter Paisley? Tell us who Walter Paisley is. Walter Paisley is Dick Miller's most played character, started in A Bucket of Blood, and it just seemed like every time they cast him in the movie, he was just Walter Paisley. Or Walter, too. And never with the last name. That dances, too? Okay, Carl, tell our view listeners, what's a Mexican donkey act? <laughs> or do you want me to cover that one? Please, you do it because it's kind of disgusting. <laughs> What that was is a girl who would fuck a donkey. Yeah, go to Mexico and see a Mexican donkey act. No, Bimbo the Elephant. Bimbo the Elephant. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't it bum Elephant forget anything? And I love that car. Oh, that car is And great. that car is from Crazy Mama. And why did they have it? Roger Corman didn't throw away a goddamn thing. Never did. Bimbo Nick's his agent. <laughs> That's great. I will be right back. I want those two comics, Carl. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll be right back. Hold on. Okay. And now I love this with there. And they named Candace Ralston's character Candy. And this is hilarious right here because this is a setup for the first use of footage 
from another Roger Corman film, which is Crazy Mama. There's a lot of movies that are in this movie that are just footage from other Roger Corman movies. Because, as the original title says, Roger Corman's cheap. And he re and they you re- used the shitload of stuff because he gave them next to nothing to do this movie. Yeah. Yep. For the final touch. Uh, yeah. Carl said this car was used in uh, Crazy Mama, and I was wondering if this was used in Red Lady in Red, but I think the Lady in Red come out, but uh, Corman using the same car in different movies is not a shock, is it, Carl? No, not at all. Because like I said, Roger Corman's cheap. I forget how much they had a budget in this film, but it was next to Jack and Shit. It was less that's, than $10,000. Yeah, that's why they used everyone that they... Alan Arkish and uh, Dante used every... Hey, Carl, let's go there! Yeah, no shit. Institute of World Love. He would use everybody there. Like... Uh, Mary Warnoff and uh, Bartell were, like, working for uh, Corman at the time. Oh, listen to the radio. Another Bimbo the Elephant joke. (laughs) Elephant Elephant girl. Oh, and there's the guy from Kentucky Pride Movie who got the boxes knocked down and hand that says, save me, tell me, show me your nuts. Yes. And here we go. When the footage get, gets real crappy, that's when we get into the footage from Crazy Mama. Right, Carl? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this truly is a love note to the good old days of uh, the Roger Corman Film Factory. Right, now, now, this... Go ahead. I was just going to say that was footage from, you know, the, the road footage. that You could tell that was... From something else. Yeah. See, look, he had to get another 50s car so they could use it. And now they're in true 50s land. Yep. See, look, they even got Brother Earthy, is this the end of Rico? Okay, what other movie that came out two years after this in 1980, well, it came out in 1980, 
use that line too as a tribute to Jimmy Cagney. I I, I don't know. Fade into black. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what Candace Rock. Unless you check with your agent, I got to cut it a take at least. Good, like a job. <laughs> Giant pie flower. Hold on a second. Ha ha ha! The great actor with the worm. One, two, three, four. You see how many phones he still have has there? Oh, oh yeah. That's one of the uh, gags in the whole movie. He's always yeah. on the phone. You think he has a phone in the refrigerator? Yeah. Trust me, he does. <laughs> <laughs> on a paper plate. Hang a right at big boys. God, I wonder how many kids today would realize what a big boys is. Yeah, really. Eat Eat lead. Lead. Fucker. Copper. Copper. <laughs> Think about it. Eat lead. Copper. Mm-hmm. That's a metal joke. Yes. Each other again. Well, but they bingo bango, they're in love. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love how. She is purposely bad acting. Yeah. <laughs> now, all I can tell you is anytime I saw Mary Warnock during yeah, this time I, period, which I saw a lot because I was yeah, working on the drive-in, I was, I was in lust with this woman. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Ha 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 Natural seventies boobies. Bless you, bless you. Aren't they wonderful? Uh huh. <laughs> of course your wet t shirt. <laughs> 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 
Still a wet t-shirt thing. <laughs> yeah, you can just tell why they... I wonder why uh, Arcus and Dante wrote this theme for. I wonder. You, you, and you, you call me. Costa Mesa University. Um, flip over and crash. Motivation. Oh. Cool. <laughs> Action. Okay, now this is this is all taken from um um what was the one with um There's Big Bad uh, Mama, Crazy Mama. Yeah, I think it was Crazy Mama. That's Crazy Mama for sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's me right there, Carl, when we were doing the yeah. shows over on Hoobazoo. This, this is why this is why um uh Howard never let me change film in the projectors when I was working at the uh drive-in. And here's a sweet romantic scene with a nice, beautiful, slow paced romantic song in it. Uh, uh. This is your favorite part of the movie. Let's face it. You love this. I love the whole thing, but yeah. This song's an earworm. You know this. Once you hear this song, oh, I know, I know. it will be stuck in your head for a week. Uh, Commander Cody in the, in the Lost Planet Airmen. Hell, even Michael J. Jai White loves this song, god damn it. <laughs> but yeah, when most people think of the Southern California country rock movement, they think of the fucking Eagles, who are not good. Everyone loves them, but... Uh, give me uh, the Flying Burrito Brothers. If Don Henley paid Graham Parsons' family for every time that he used his voice to rip, he ripped off his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these Graham guys are This was oh, Boogie Country. Yeah. Almost every band but the Eagles were into this, like, Real 50s boogie, you know. Everybody doing it now. And this is the classic lineup. 
Yeah, the Holy Mongol Rounders, all of them, man. I love this stuff. You know, dance the feet. You can be wherever you go to go. You know, they sing out of the hole. Well, yeah, and they actually had a, and they actually had a big hit, which everyone would know, and that's Hot Rod Lincoln. Yeah. And I think that uh, oh, I forget who. Oh, here we go. Unholy Rollers. I checked and see. <laughs> but yeah, and who starred in Unholy Rollers? Oh shit! What was her name? Candace Ralston. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, and that's the one of the two Roller Derby movies. And <laughs> look at the background. Oh, and it said, that sign said Fink. <laughs> There's gunshots. This is basically Looney Tunes with tits. Well, absolutely. I love that little shit. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, yeah, I love that he calls a guy. Warning people, the jokes by so fast and furious in this movie that you're bound to miss three or four in any scene. Yeah. Buy yourself a pair of tits. <laughs> <laughs> and there it's got the phone in the refresh. Oh God, no! The title of this movie just makes me vomit nowadays. <laughs> Explain that, okay? Okay. Machete Maidens Unleashed was uh, supposed to be a great documentary called Searching for Wing Wing by Andrew Levinold, but the company took it over and used the guy who did Not Quite Hollywood to change it from a pretty good Filipino film industry film into a shitty, boy, at Roger Corman was sure great movie. American Airlines. All stock footage, people. Yeah, and what did you think of Machete Maidens Unleashed? I was not that that impressed. Yeah, it wasn't what you we wanted. No. Feels like summer in Atlantic City. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> okay, Paul Bartel. We should talk a little bit about Paul Bartel and Mary Warnock. Basically best known for starring in Eating Raul. But in this period, both of them were were in several, either in as an actor or with Paul as a director, uh, working specifically for uh, New World Pictures and Roger Corman. Um, they, I mean, Marion Warnoff was in like 15, 20 films in a row. <laughs> Yeah. And how many times have you seen this gag in like everything? Weird Al uses these gags. Yeah. Where everybody pulls down. And UHF, everything. It's beautiful. And you know what movie it's from, don't you? Uh, I think it's from The Big Birdcage, isn't it? No, Black Mama, White Mama. Well, down in the Philippines, they first started doing the women in picture films. Yeah, um, women in prison and stuff. Sarah women in prison. Santiago. Oh, God, yes. And I love the music here. The classical music uh, they use. I think these same guys that got killed down by the river, I don't know how many fucking times. It is, it is. Well, you know, come on. Gary Kent said, how many times did he die in one movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Dick Miller's killed himself in the movie where he played an Indian. And uh, he ended up playing a cowboy in the same picture that shot himself. <laughs> well, the blood is phony. That's part of the joke. Yeah. Okay, this is the 1812 Overture. I fucking love it. <laughs> this is a movie made for the drive-in because you wouldn't get most of the jokes if you don't regularly go to New World Drive-In Pick, you know, Drive-In Pick. No, you wouldn't. I said I said that earlier, you know, before yeah. we started. you got to know New World Pictures to get some of the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Dummy foot. They made sure to show the dummy foot hand. (laughs) Break for lunch and they show a big pig. (laughs) That's right. Put some ketchup on there to make it look more bloody. Uh, you know, I I think this was improvised, this particular scene between the two yeah. of them. Do you think in this movie they had a fucking script? Exactly! <laughs> <laughs> yes! How many times do I said that to you on the show when you're complaining about where's my moral aptitude? 
I'm like, <laughs> this movie is not yeah. about moral things. This movie is about tits and ass. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you went to the drive-in in the 70s like I did, and I worked there, it was all about tits and ass, or it was about scaring the shit out of you with gore. It was one of the two. Or nonstop action and car crashes. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Oh, did you just notice that his uh, iPad switched eyes? Yes. <laughs> a sexual depravity. He's on the big screen. On one take. <laughs> More passion. This is already not a game thing. You know why they had to just cut right there? Why? The idiots who were supposed to get the shirt ready did not cut out the bands at top that keep the shirt on. Because if you cut those off, ask Hulk Hogan, those shirts rip easily once you get that elastic band off of them. You know, you know, pretentious <laughs> directors. How many times did Paul Bartel play a pretentious director? Well, he's several for playing a pretentious prick. Get it up or I'll cut it off. <laughs> did you hear did you see Paul almost break there? Yes. <laughs> oh, here comes the subplot because they have to have a plot. Roger Corman's like, Okay, let's have a plot and he's like, What what? Yes, we gotta have to have a plot in this movie. Uh I think this is from uh, Night of the Cobra Woman. Yeah. You could tell that he was doing ah. his job. I mean, just look at his face. He's like, I love my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? 
Not if I was directing at the same time. I'd be like, God damn it, I hope this looks good. God damn it, I want to touch her titties. God damn it, I got to make sure this looks good. God damn it, I got to touch her titties. God damn it. Ha ha PG, not GP. <laughs> boo! Boo! I love it. I know, but how much of an in-joke is that? <laughs> That's an in-joke. That's what we're talking yeah. about. For those that and don't really, understand that. We've talked about it before on the trailer section. When PG first come out, it was GP. Right. Which I never understood. Then PG. Then PG-13. Or a stripper. You did. You're okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> 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 and of course, the joke about the 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 scrim that they they're, they're using the. Boot out of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that's the way they would probably think. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is my kind of picture. You <laughs> <laughs> who originally said that, Carl? I don't know. Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. You know, you uh, you actresses are cattle. That's Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, that's boy. right. Like I said, there's so many fucking quotes in this movie, it goes over your fucking head. See, one of the things is that people don't really get the humor because they've got to know this stuff, right? Yeah, this is a movie where this is what happens when two extreme movie nerds make a movie. Now, this was from the Big Bird Cage. Okay, this is Big Bird Cage. Yeah. So that truck going through is when they, they bust out of there. 
and uh, Pam Greer and what's her name's in the back of the truck and uh, Sid Hague's driving. <laughs> <What's that stuff? laughs> you call this a close-up? There are no cops. And, of course, Mary knows that, too. She did a bunch of Philippine pictures. Yeah. So now people are dying. And they just had one of the most obvious shots showing that Mary's the killer. Yeah. It's not it's not a surprise. Trust me. Yeah. You know, I mean they they, they don't they don't mask it. I and one of the it. best stories happens at the climax of this film. Yep. Tell that Commander Cody's doing the whole soundtrack to this. Actually, the person who the person who did the this is Randy Edelman's first uh, film he worked on too. Yeah. Randy Edelman is is basically known for Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah. The one bad thing about this movie is this song. Yeah, I wish they would put in uh, Down the Seeds and Stems again, too, by fucking Commander Cody, since they had him in there. Okay, that yellow suit that he has on is uh, an eyesore, but it's so beautiful. Oh, you're bitching about the the whole... Fucking yellow suit, but not the yellow leopard print on the car. Yeah, I like the yellow leopard print on the car. It was the suits too much. <laughs> oh, that's there's a Carl pun right there. <laughs> that's a, a Rolls Canardly. What do you mean? It goes down one hill good, and it can hardly get up the other. <laughs> That's an old, old joke that comes from uh, uh, the, the Marx Brothers, Rolls Canardly. Well, maybe that's why they have the animal crackers in uh, Paisley's office. Exactly. Trust me, they did. <laughs> this movie should See, have this is a movie for movie geeks. It's a movie yeah. for movie geeks. Yeah, and look what music they're fucking playing. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to kill it. That's one thing I'm glad I never had to deal with. What? Navigating through fucking L.A. I've done it a couple of times. It's no fun. Yeah. No fun at all. All I know about Vicky uh, navigating through L.A. is a whole bunch of curse words. Oh, man. So we used to go down to 
to, to San Diego. And you go through a thing called the grapevine. And we're coming back up from San Diego, actually, this time. And and she's going up the grapevine, and she's going like 90. Oh, what? And I said, don't you see? Okay, what scene was that from that castle? And if you get it wrong, oh, that's I'll have from to... That's from the terror, <laughs> which they use in in um, in uh, uh, first film. Yeah, Target. Targets, yeah. That's the best thing I ever got at the Knoxville Horror Fest was what was in his window. Now, now, great joke is coming up. Great joke is coming up. <laughs> that kid's a regular kid. Yeah. Six Miller. Yeah. I had a lousy agent. Well, but like I said, the best thing I ever got from the Knoxville Horror Fest was in that was in the car window when they pulled in. Yep. I could have been a contender. I'm crying. <laughs> Intermission. <laughs> okay, Carl, let's go get. I'm gonna go get something to eat now that we've got intermission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the vagina tree. <laughs> oh. And you may not believe it, this was filmed just for this movie. This part was. So nice. they can get all the sex jokes. No. <laughs> I used to handle that meatball. <laughs> meatball. <laughs> In a round, bouncy way. Raising it! Sausage! What would you get, Carl? God, that looks, God, that looks awful. I think he did it on purpose to get the nastiest looking pizza he could. Stu- oh, he did! He did! All these commercials. Indiana. Indiana. Yay! You know she's drinking that a little bit too professionally. Yeah. Oh, God. 
Psycho. Psycho was the first film. They oh, they made wait, a mistake. I got a question. Ten ask you psycho. real quick. Well, let me finish. This will take a second. So they started leaving, and, and we were in this big uh, car, and I just like kept yelling, "I want to see the picture! I want to see the..." So yeah, that was me. Go ahead. What's your question? Did you actually have a toilet in the projection booth? No. Yeah, I had to go around the corner. <laughs> then what did you think of that in this movie where they had like a toilet in the fucking corner? <laughs> oh, I know. But there was a private toilet for us. Okay, there there was a man, there was actually three toilets in the projection booth, and that was also the the snack. Uh, hut, and they had the two that were marked, and they had one on the other side that wasn't marked, and that's the one we would go to. Yeah, because you never know when someone's gonna be waiting for you to fuck you up for the shitty movie. <laughs> Dyke. That's not right. Hey, there's me at the drive in. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, that is definitely from uh yeah, that's, that's from one of the ones. I don't think it was um <laughs> I wrote this structure. Fuck you, buddy. You would lock the door and just fucking hide, ain't it? Dick Miller is a badass. I love it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be in it. All right, terrific part just for you. <laughs> Carl. Yeah, really. Uncle Scrooge, uh, Dragster Riot, Riot, and uh, Teenage Crime Wave. Teenage Crime Wave. Can you imagine how much those fucking posters are really worth today? Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> Carl, there you did. I dare you to take twenty of those. <laughs> You can see that this is all cobbled together from 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 uh, earlier footage, man. The oral anima. <laughs> I think I take that about two times a day. Yeah, really. And text for next. Eerie music and it's uh and it's slide guitar. He's <laughs> the best fifties angle and still give the people something new they've never seen before. Writer, now the big producer. Oh, God! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Criswell! Fucking not! Yes! Did you catch that, Carl? Yep. And here we go. Death Race 2000. 2000. <laughs> I wonder who she's supposed to be. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I love the, the, the fly. <laughs> I love it. This is a pure absurdist comedy. 
And like you said, and you always say that Gremlins 2 is the most anarchy film that uh, Dante ever made. Fuck you, this one is. (laughs) Well, WKRZ, W Crazy. Yeah, don't forget Arkish because Get Crazy has the uh, has the uh, um, <laughs> Holy shit. the marijuana cigarette. He started a cameo in this film. Yeah, Godzilla. <laughs> Mary Warnoff said that she took this character from a lot of the people who were hanging around the Warhol factory. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, actually, to bring that up, too, Mary Warnoff started as part of the factory. Uh, and yeah, Girls. they wanted and her to be girl. like her cousin, Nico. Yeah. And she said, well, well to quote her words, fuck, fuck you. you, I'm Mary Warnoff. Exactly. <laughs> 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 To me, that's Arkish is doing that, not not Dante. (laughs) (laughs) Bugs don't flow. What movie is he referencing with this scene, Carl? I'll see if you can guess. Uh, um, bro, um, Robo, said you it. Know, yeah, exactly. It's the Phil Carlson one. I, a robot Monster. There we go. Yeah, Robot Monster. <laughs> and this is where you... Now, these are actually the... some, of the, some of the cars that were used in Death Race 2000. Bullshit! This is an actual footage from Death Race 2000. <laughs> I wonder what the director thought of them using the footage from his movie. I, I think he would be fine with it. You sure? Yeah. Well, considering he's he's co-starring in the actual movie <laughs> with us, yes. Details, details, details. No, Carl, stop drooling. Well, I know. <laughs> you know, she's not she's not well endowed, okay? But I, I always had a thing for her. Still do. Over all she's these years. Fucking Mary Warnoff. Oh, That's all she needs to be. <laughs> I wonder how the fuck they got away with it. Oh, I can go take it stop. <laughs> you know. That's 
Uh-oh. So what's funny is that's not Frankenstein's car from the movie. The green one, who was in the green car? I know it wasn't David Carradine because he had a black one. That was that was uh that was Warnoff's car, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guess who that was just showed in there starting the car? Who's that? Is that Candace Ralston? No. That first shot was David Carradine. Absolutely. Holy shit, is that where I think it is? Uh, maybe. I'm not too, we're not 100% sure, but I think that's fucking Spawn's Ranch. Great. Right great in the integration. <laughs> yeah, great integration of the footage. <laughs> God bless him for. Oh, absolutely. So, all the shots that are cut in to them. Aren't real footage, or you know, we're shot for this film, but everything else is Death Race 2000. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. She's supposed to be screaming. If you look, there's some serious ass <laughs> driving. Yep. This is just great Come on (laughs) Oh here's where the cut joke is From Death Race 2000 And I think that was a Fuck you to Roger Corman That the way this scene ended Yep I'm <laughs> no pussy. I'm in jail. <laughs> Please, Dad, help me. I'm in jail. I'm calling you from jail. <laughs> Got to get a was not was thing in there. Yeah. Plug it. Uh, how come this movie is not as loved and well known as the other two in the Arkish Dante Trio? I, I think because this was primarily a uh, drive-in picture. 
and and, and it didn't get yeah. you know they they this was their first real film that they did directed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> back in the day before this, Dante did something called the movie orgy, which was just basically found footage put together. Yeah. For three hours. Which I've never seen, by the way. Um, but yeah, this. But I'm just saying this movie is as good, if not better, in ways than Rock and Roll High School and Piranha. Well, those are the movies that, of course, they did right after this. Yeah, that's what Absolutely. I'm saying. That's why I call it the Arkish Dante trilogy. Right. But the way that we really tie them in is that Carl knows the story. After this movie was done, and it was a big box office success at the drive-in, uh, Corman said, okay, I'll give you both a chance to direct your own movies. Here are two scripts, Piranha and Rock and Roll High School. And Carl, tell them, how did they pick which one was going to direct what? Basically, they tossed the coin. Yeah, they tossed the coin. I think uh, Dante won. And he Dante picked Piranha. Well, you know, the funny thing is, as you talk to both of them, uh, uh, Dante wanted to do Piranha, and, and, and uh, Arkish wanted to do uh, a Rock and Roll High School. So they got what they yeah. wanted. Okay. I got to tell the story. When they were filming this scene, spoilers, like I, like I said before, if this is your first time watching the movie, what the fuck are you listening to our dumbasses? This is Mary Warnoff as the killer. And they filmed a lot of footage of her running through there until maybe 2 or 3 in the morning. And since they were already living together, Bartell was waiting for her to get off so he could drive her home. And after two, after they finished about 2 a.m., Paul Bartell looked at Joe Dante and Arkush and said, May I please take Mary home now? It is getting <laughs> late and we need to go to bed. <laughs> 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 what happens to that bedroom is something that people are still trying to figure out. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, basically, the best way to describe the bedroom is the Bland's bedroom, which uh, Paul and Mary have said is almost an exact copy of what their bedroom was like in Eating Raoul. Mm-hmm. You know, the two beds next to each other. Right, exactly. As he said, they may have alternative lifestyles, but they live together like a boring 50 sitcom couple. And if you're really watching a good print of this, you had just seen about two or three scenes where it shows Mary's face, even though this is supposed to be a mystery. See, look, Mary's face. 
That's why they're using all the flashes. All the flashes are to cover up shots where you can see Mary's face. <laughs> Brain fading hoax. Brain farting hoax. God damn it, Carl. Why did they have to ruin our brain farting joke? Yeah, really. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. She was cleaning her knife and it went off. And that chicken that he's eating right now is from a chicken takeout joint that was basically like two buildings down from where the New World Picture Studios are. And they, everyone who worked there ate a lot of it because it was the quickest way to go and get lunch during your time off. Right. When you were working around the studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My friends are getting bumped on bump politicians. Up politicians. <laughs> Water beds. Water things. This is the one part of the movie that it drags because this is more concerned with the plot of the movie than the pure absurdity. Well, to be honest, we're near the end of this now. This is going to go a little bit in the overtime. Sorry, because the timer reads 8.24. If you're watching this after the show has been published, then you have no problem. But if you're listening to it live, you get it up the ass again as usual. We don't plan it that way, but we got big mouths. That's true. And, of course, you know, we had that long goddamn Buck Rogers in the 25th century fucking thing we had to go through. Hey, that, that seemed long, but that trailers did run 30 minutes as usual. But, yeah. Oh, shit, your tire's flat. Yeah. And I love how he uses that one of the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a dog eat dog world and no one's gonna eat me. Mary McQueen. 
Nice. You know he's supposed to be humming something else, but they couldn't get the rights to that tune when it was going right. over. Okay, we're getting a little bit of feedback from you. Well, well, I wasn't saying nothing. Nothing. This is the same scene from earlier in the movie. God bless him trying to save money. Absolutely. Bronco Bruce and Smog. Ha <laughs> ha gonna cut a metal cable with an axe? Motherfucker, learn how to shoot. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> oh, <cunt. laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> why, Carl? I don't know why. <laughs> 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 you never do anything. 
A miracle cast is worth repeating. A great cast is worth repeating. That was, uh, God, I'm trying to think of what studio did that. I I can't think. Bobby Quackenbush, obnoxious kid. Yeah. Ubiquitous, you know, <laughs> driving rapist, driving mother, driving kid, driving Sorry. dyke. Godzilla herself. Oh, it's not Godzilla. It's Godzilla. Do you believe that bullshit, or you think they were just covering their asses? (laughs) They're covering their asses. Asses. Our robot, Bill Malone. Costumes, Jane Rum. Godzina! Wink, wink. Godzina wardrobe by Rob Short. (laughs) (laughs) Mask by Dom Post. No shit. Barbara Peters. C.I. Avery. I'm sorry, Barbara Peters, of course, went on to direct Humanoids from the Deep. Yeah. All rights included in Zeppelin. Ha ha ha! A New World Pictures. When in Hollywood, visit Miracle Pictures. Wonderful. <laughs> Just wonderful. Oh, God. Like I said, there's so many jokes on there. If you weren't a movie geek, you're not going to get, well, even a TV geek. But don't forget, this is the era when uh, Arkush and Dante and I think, uh, what's his name? Who did American Werewolf in London? Landis. Would rent out a movie theater in Hollywood every Saturday and show just some weird fucked up films. Oh, yeah. You know, this this is way before, you know, the new Beverly and, and, and Tarantino, but they, they would do that all the time. And, and, you know, that's some wonderful thing. When I was at the drive in, in, in uh, Bradford, Limestone, New York, you know, it was wonderful to see these Weird, odd films that you would see nowhere else. And, of course, you know, a lot of that came from New World. I don't know how many of the the student teachers and the nurses and all yeah, those the that you would see. the 70s was New World's era. They did the nurses series, then the teachers series, then the, third, then the 50s series. There was uh, Dillinger. Uh, yeah, they crazy, did all those. Crazy, mama, crazy mama, big, big bad, bad mama. mama. Oh, we can't forget the Filipino WIP pictures. Oh God, yes. Jack Hill, you know the big bird case, black mama, white mama, uh, women in cages. Mm-hmm. And that's when you know, they and was, then uh, he filmed a lot of films in the uh, Philippines because it was cheaper. 
know, plus they had people like Eddie Romero and, and Sergio Santiago and all these people that they work yeah. with down there that they had good relationships yeah. with. And what director did Roger Corman distribute a lot of his films in the 70s that most people, well, hell, most normal movie fans are shocked when they find out that he did? Well, there's a couple of them. He uh, Wasn't he the one that – no, no, he wasn't the one who did the Mitsuyaki films. Um, but he did Bergman. Yeah, Bergman. He did- and he did Cassavetes too, didn't Cassavetes, he? Cassavetes, uh, Fellini. He was the king of the art house too in the seventies because they made money. Yeah, you know he was always about making money. I mean that that that's his thing even today. And you know he got out. Yeah, and there's definitely a reason we call it the Roger... Well, me and you have coined the term, but a lot of people have stolen it from us. The Roger Corman School of Filmmaking. And that's... Look, do you think I look at the directors that have gone through Corman? You know, who got their start with Corman? Scorsese, Coppola, uh, uh, so many. I mean, seriously, Dante, Arkish... Uh, fuck! I can't your remember all the guy who talking. did, uh, yeah, your guy who did uh, ride the whirlwind, Monty Hellman. Monty Hellman. Monty Hellman. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. The man knew talent. You got to give him that credit. Yeah, and this one is like a love note to the drive and to New World Pictures. It just seemed like, in a way, Arkish and. Yeah, Dante knew that this era was coming to an end, and they wanted to document it in in some way. You know, and even though it it sort of makes fun of of, of New World Pictures and that, it's really actually really a, a, a nice you know homage to them too. You know, the sense of family that comes comes by with all these people that go through the, you know, and everything. You yeah. know, they loved what they did, both of them. Yeah, that's you know, one thing. Everybody in the whole movie could tell that they were loving there. And Candace Ryleston was a pet project of Roger Corman's in the 70s. Uh, uh, Unholy Rollers, uh I was, she course, wasn't in we, Bury Me an Angel, was she? Yes, she was. Yeah, she Bury was Me second. an Angel. Angel Tompkins was the main character, but Candace yeah. was like the second or third lead, yeah. But he tried his best to make her a star, but when Kansas City Bomber bombed, Unholy Rollers, which is a better film than Kansas City Bomber, Flopped big time because people were still smelling the stench of Kansas City Bomber. Right, exactly. Which is sad, but I understand. Yep. I agree. Well, that's it for this week, and you scored a home run with this pick, Carl. And you even got us Godzina. I mean, Godzina. Zena, Zena, yeah. 
You know, not the warrior princess, okay? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And we got so, to see so, Godzilla taking a shit for once. That's absolutely. like a historical thing. But yeah, next week starts WTF month. Which these are all drive-in movies or done by drive-in companies, but they decide to go like the first two thirds of, or even shorter with our second film. They decided to start normal and then go back fucking batshit crazy and not give a fuck. And that's a wonderful thing, by the way. Yeah, and the first one is next week, and uh, the here's a setup for this movie. Uh, one, the Beverly Hillbillies had just ended, and Max Bayer wanted to do a movie where he did not play Jeff Rosak character. Mm-hmm. And what we got is one of the, the darkest fucking driving films ever made. I haven't seen this in years, so th- so I'm going to be really interested in seeing Making, yeah, making County Brothers. Line. Yeah, Making yeah. County Line oh, I love the Bent Brothers and Max Bayer. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Jesse Bent. Yeah. I, I really, well, both of them, but I, 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 I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I think in a lot of ways, it's a shame they both didn't get better careers. I mean, once you watch Making County Line, you watch the first two thirds, you're like, people always talk about this movie is so dark and that the uh, that the actors take so many risks. Well, the thing I can talk about real quick is that there's a scene with Max Bayer and uh, Leif Garrett where he explains why his mama and him don't want him playing with the black kids at his military school. Mm-hmm. That is some of the most blood-chilling shit you will ever hear. Yeah. And he uses perfect Southern logic from back then in the 60s to explain it. So join us next week for the start of WTF month. And after this week, I'm going to screen the trailers next week to see if we're going to have another. I apologize for the trailers tonight, my dear people. (laughs) It happens. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it. This would be one of those nights I would... After the trailers had started, I would just look at Carl, like uh, his projection is friendly, and just say, lock the door, turn out the lights, and hunker down low. We're going to get through this. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I don't think Carl has any, uh, hey, get your fucking ass out of here. What is that piece of shit you're doing? Uh, story, <laughs> right? Right, I don't. And you're lucky because I've heard of uh, Joe Bob said he talked to this projectionist where they sent him uh, 
Friday the 13th, part three, and the reels were out of order. And uh, they had shown every kill in the movie by the end of the second reel. And at the end of the, and in the third reel, everyone's alive again. That has happened before, trust me. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, go ahead. uh, That's one of the things that, uh, that, uh, um, Howard always had me check was the reels. Make sure they're in uh, in in order because that had happened to him before. Seriously. So yeah, that was something I always had to do with driving. And tomorrow night, well, Joe Bob's show on Shutter starts again. It's his two hundredth episode, and I don't know what he's going to show. So. And and this weekend, we know where you're, if you're close to Pittsburgh, we know where your ass should be. Right, Carl? Absolutely. Your ass should be at the Riverside Drive-In to enjoy both days of the April Ghouls Drive-In Monsterama Fest. If you're a Pittsburgh yeah. fan and love Pittsburgh... The first night, you will just love the last two films, which are Midnight and Effects. Both filmed in the Pittsburgh area, uh, both done by by, uh, 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 people that were involved with uh, Night of the Living Dead, but not Romero. Yeah. Midnight is directed by John Russo, and both of these are good, but we can't talk about them. Especially effects. That's one movie you want to go in as blind as you can. Because this is another... this. Just thinking about effects inspired what the fuck month. Because this movie goes off in bizarre, weird directions. Which is exactly what it should be. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. And it has our friend from the show... Mr. Fuck You Carl himself, Joe Pilato. <laughs> God, I miss him. I miss him. Oh, yeah. I'm re- yeah, that I was a great was, show we did. Yeah. The most time the word fuck was ever used on this show. <laughs> Seriously. It's just for the first, it's just for that five minute bit. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Fuck you, you fucking fuck you. Good old Joe. Yeah. And the other three films, I'll give you a hint. The second film's hint is Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman and Bud Court. And should I name the writer? Because most people won't get it just from the writer's name. And the late, great Charles Beaumont. And it's out there. Trust me, folks. And uh, the third film has bear fucking. (laughs) Yes, it does. And the last film is a film that we've been meaning to do ever since we started this show. 
And if you don't know or love this film, you need to watch this one before the show. But I'll give you the name closer to the date. But this one is truly one of the best films that you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I agree. I agree. That's that's the creme de la creme of what we're doing. Yeah. Without and what's the gold that's coming up on your channel? And I'm not talking docs and shit. <laughs> well, well, basically what we have uh, is is that Adam is going to be doing a show on Friday on the origins and the genesis of television, the early years. It's going to be a start, uh, the start of a series that he's doing. Uh, and then on Saturday, uh, it's down the, Rachel, um, down the rabbit hole with Rachel, and TC, Rachel, and I will be doing our best to uh, give you songs about movies. Not not songs from movies, but songs about movies, about loving movies, about stars. Is there about, going to be a kink uh, song on there? And if that kink song uh, is on oh, there? Oh, without, without a fucking doubt. Is it going to be the great live version or the equally is just as good but not as good as the live version studio cut? It's going to be one of those, or it might be, might be the best cover of it, too. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. There is, I'll, I'll actually get get you the cover that I'm considering. It's really good. Uh, and the yeah. one song that I would put on there, but you wouldn't, it would be uh, the one about the lady movie star, female movie star who dies and has a hundred cats. Which one is that? The one about the movie star who dies and her cats end up eating her corpse before they find her. Yeah, but what's the name of the song? I forget the name of it. I just know that. On the film, she was a winner, but now all she is is the cat's dinner. What the? <laughs> no, um, I, I will tell you this. Another one I'm picking is the John that Whistle song. Oh, cool. You know, so, yeah, we're doing some stuff that's that's off the track. I can tell you this, too, that um, we're going to have Keenan Walker on sometime in the next two weeks. Uh, we just have to set it up with him. He's finishing up a film, and um, he's been on the show before. He's, he's a wonderful guy. He was actually on To Tell the Truth a couple, uh, about a month ago, uh, yeah. because of his job as the duck master of the Peabody Hotel in in, uh, in Memphis. So, uh, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a yeah. really good guy. Oh, and, have and him on uh, later on down the line, me and Carl don't know when, whenever he gets, whenever this actor gets done with the project, we're going to be doing a live watch of Oblivion. And we've actually got one of the actors from the movie to come and... Uh, Act in it. I Which mean, is to really talk cool. about the movie, yeah. And it's the guy who runs the gay leather bar in Oblivion, as he's uh, said before. And that's all and, we're and saying, we, right, Carl? We're not going to say who it is, but we can say we love him dearly. Yeah. We adore this man. Yep. 
And good night, and always remember to drive in will never die because it'll live in your heart. Or if you're in upstate New York, you need to get your ass out to the Riverside this weekend. Good food, good movies, good people, good God. I miss Absolutely. it. I miss it yep. dearly. Agreed. And I miss my glider, God damn it. <laughs> I miss Joe Pilato. I miss Joe. <laughs> Uh, good night, everybody. Good night. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Good night, sweetheart. Where is time to go? Good night, sweetheart. Where is time to go? I hate to leave you, but I really. better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.